This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. We love ball, aerospace, and technology. We love companies like them trying to save their save the world. You know, they've been practicing diversity and inclusion for years, while other companies, they just talk about it as a workplace idealism. That's because their culture of belonging has been noticed by the Human Rights Campaign. They've got a corporate equality index score of 100%. That's as high as it can go. You're free to be your authentic self at Ball, and once you work there, there's a lot of groups for you to join and represent your unique background, whatever it may be. And right now, they're looking for people who have technical and mechanical skills to help them manufacture aluminum cans and bottles, which they've been doing for a long time. That's why they're the iconic brand that they are. They're doing big things there at Ball, and you can be part of something bigger than yourself as well. So text GOLDEN to 77222, and you'll get linked to open positions. You can also go directly to jobs.ball.com and search GOLDEN. That's jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN. Or simply text GOLDEN to 77222. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Strava CBD Coffee helps you start your day feeling your best. It's got some broad spectrum hemp extract rich in CBD and CBG to improve your quality of the morning. If you're anything like me, the quality of your afternoon. And now first time users can go ahead and get a 25% discount when using the code DNVR25. I'm your host, Patrick Lyons for the DNVR Rockies podcast. And with us today, a very special guest, Mr. Kevin Larson of Rocks Pile, but you might know him a little bit better by his Twitter handle. Everybody loves him. It's at Saber Skeptic. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us. No problem, Patrick. Thanks for having me on. How are you doing tonight? Oh, doing doing great. I'm I'm glad we could pull you away from the Twitter machine. Your your quips. <laughs> <For once. laughs> y- yeah. No, you 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 are crushing it over there. Uh, you're doing a great job with with Rocks Pile writing articles and. You know, when this offseason began, it, it started off very uh, interestingly, and I, I definitely had to have you on to get your opinions. Obviously, I think the biggest headline since the season ended, or at least since the end of the season, is Bill Schmidt being kept around as the full-time general manager. Uh, what was your initial reaction when you heard that the interim title had been removed from Bill Schmidt? Uh, I would say my initial reaction was, wasn't exactly shocked at all um you know kind of like just kind of thinking about how the rockies have handled some of these things before um there's a lot of uh hiring internally and so knowing that you know when he was named as the interim gm i think the thought was they kind of wanted to groom him to get him into that position um and it's uh it wasn't really like i said wasn't a shock to me at all i think that it was pretty expected 
um, at least from my perspective. I would have liked to see if they could have gone uh, outside um, and find an external candidate, but they, uh, I won't say they obviously didn't do that, but we don't necessarily know how hard they looked at external candidates. We just really know that they were um, a big fan of Bill Schmidt. So, um, you know, if he ends up being the right guy for the job. Like, I hope that, you know, all the positives that the front office is seeing with him right now, that that actually comes through. Uh, but it's probably going to be a little bit before we as fans can actually see that. Yeah, I, I think, you know, the grooming process was definitely a part of it. And I think there may have actually been some intent to to look, at least look being the keyword, outside <laughs> the organization. But once you, you know, I don't want to say paint yourself into a corner, but when you appoint Bill Schmidt as the interim GM, you know, if you happen to go elsewhere, you might lose that guy. Now he, it, it's hard for him to now then take a demotion. So he's going somewhere else. So it's once that decision has been made to kind of put him in the captain's chair, you either need to leave him or he's, he's gone and he's on another ship altogether. And that was probably the, the biggest thing that many of us were thinking like I, he's a very valuable part of the organization and they're probably not going to want to part ways with that. Did have two uh, deals early on here in the off season. Senzatella Crone, does one jump out more than another as far as, you know, you're excited about, or you think, Hey, you know what? That's a good, good piece of business there by the Rockies. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that both signings were good to me. I think the one that was probably more important was being able to lock up CJ Crone. Um, he's someone where if you look at the Rockies production this year, uh, especially in terms of stat like war, um, I think that him and Trevor story were really the main drivers for the Rockies success outside of pitching. Right. And knowing that Crone was going to be a free agent, I personally had thought like, Hey, there's probably a 50, 50 chance that he could come back. Um, I had thought that, uh, you know, if it got into the offseason that a lot of American League teams might show interest in him as a designated hitter. And so that was where my main worry was, was that, you know, hey, another team's going to go ahead, start talking to him. He's going to get pulled away. Uh, so to see that he had gotten signed, you know, this early um, is, you know, it was a welcome surprise to me. I would say um, getting Sensatella locked down early too. Like that's, that's great. I'm a Sensatella fella. <laughs> that's a term that I have coined, um, you know, that I'm, I'm glad to see that he's uh, going to be with the Rockies for a while. I don't feel like we, I, I don't think on the dollars that he got that we were overpaying him. It doesn't feel like it necessarily. And I thought that it seemed like a pretty good deal. Uh, you know, he's never really going to be the ace of your staff, but he has found a way to succeed at Coors Field. Um, you know, especially even whenever you're a pitcher and you don't get many strikeouts and it's a lot of balls in play, it can be a little bit worrisome, uh, but he's found a good formula and um, it works. And I'm glad that he's going to be around for um, a little bit longer. With CJ Crone, he, he was so much better, I think, than advertised from the aspect of just removing his production. You know, that was what you were hoping you would get out of him in 2021 and you got that. And so that's great. But when you look around the rest of the lineup with, you know, Story underperforming a little bit, still ended up having, you know, good numbers. Mm -hmm. Charlie underperforming based on what he had been previously. Rogers, of course, you know, was the standout. McMahon didn't necessarily take a step forward. If you just remove him from the lineup, that's removing a lot of fear and a lot of lineup protection. And so mm -hmm. for that reason, I think, you know, he, he probably got, you know, an extra mil or two you know, to, to re-up because it wasn't even so much the production. It was the lineup protection for everybody else in the lineup. And you saw sometimes, you know, late in the year towards the bottom of the lineup, there just, you know, there just wasn't that 
protection anywhere around. Elias Diaz started getting uh, doing really well on, on the offensive side, and then he would slide up to batting fifth or sixth, and the bottom of the lineup just became you know a, an area of an, an absolute void offensively. So Crone, you know, is doing a nice job there with with the production, and you know was in your your take because I, I know you follow the prospects a little bit. Was there any worry or concern about, you know, blocking a, a Michael Tolia, who still might be two years away, but, you know, hey, Welker's over at third base, maybe McMahon slides over to first, or are you just really convinced that, you know, the universal DH and all that, it's pretty much just going to sort itself out and there'll be enough playing time for everyone. Right. I, th I think that I probably, I, you know, in terms of like blocking prospects, I don't think that Crone would have been blocking many. Um, with Michael Toglia, I think that, um, I, I honestly probably should know a little bit more, but I think that he's probably still a couple seasons away from really being able to get to that point. So I don't see that, you know, that there's a way that he was really, um, you know, blocking any prospects time. I think he would have been fine at first if they wanted to put, you know, like maybe call up totally early um, with this universal DH that, you know, I'm personally hoping to see come into effect next season for the whole league. Um, you know, I think that Crone would have been there, um, possibly Blackman also, right? But I didn't necessarily see Crone as blocking any um blocking any prospects time so um yeah with the universal dh would you like to see and, and i guess maybe you know each season or each group of seasons if you're looking at a two three year window it, it could vary do you think the rockies would benefit more from a consistent designated hitter you know like uh just just an old school american league dh or is that a spot just best use you know, for, for off days to just keep guys a little bit fresh, obviously playing at altitude. Do you, do you think it just depends on the con roster construction or could you see there being a, a true DH going forward for this team that maybe, you know, uh, gives them the leverage uh, from one season to the next? Yeah, I, th I think the obvious candidate with the Rockies for this would be Charlie Blackman. Um, you know, if you give him a more a chance to be that more permanent DH, because his fielding has obviously been subject to discussion and how good or bad he is out there, right? Depending on what the defensive metrics say, um, you know, it shows that he's been declining on the defensive side. And so if you slide him, because his bat's still performing fairly well, right? If you slide him into that DH spot, um, he could be that more permanent role. And then it opens up the outfield for um, more of your younger guys, which the Rockies have always kind of had that sort of log jam of too many outfielders over the past few seasons but i think that you know if blackman was in the dh that opens up right field for more of you guys and you can have an outfield uh you know hilliard tapia connor joe you can fit all those guys out there if garrett hansen's gonna have a day out there too and you want to switch it out you're not you're not necessarily losing charlie's back and you're also giving these guys a better chance to be better um on the defensive side so i think that if, if the DH was there, that I would probably expect that Black, Blackman would be a more permanent DH. Um, I could see the most benefits that way for the Rockies. One name uh, I know you, you were talking a lot about during the season that provided a lot of excitement mm -hmm. was Connor Joe. I, is he a 20 home run guy if he can stay healthy? Is it a flash mm -hmm. in the pan? You know, we had those same questions about Sam Hilliard going back in 2019 and, and 2020 didn't happen. Still ended up hitting 14 home runs in a in a limited role this year in 2021, and you know he, he again a fan hero. But at the same time, if you step back from that and actually look at his numbers and say, you know, 
those are really uh, really solid contributions uh, out of both the leadoff spot and you know in the middle of the lineup as well. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see what he could do in a full season. Um, you know, he's putting up a WRC plus of 116. Uh, not that many Rockies over the past few seasons that, you know, are, I guess you would call more of like our middle tier guys, right? Like you would have expected it out of Story, out of Arenado, out of Blackman to have a WRC plus over 100. But you're not seeing that too consistently with many other um, players in this lineup. So, you know, I, I would love to see what he would be able to do um through a full season and like you said was this just a flash in the pan or you know like does he actually have something here uh because his his 2019 with san fran obviously not too many games that he had there numbers don't look pretty i don't recommend going to look at them but um you know he had success at triple a this year um obviously had success in the majors uh one of the other stats that i found that was that i tweeted out that i thought was pretty interesting when i was watching the braves and the Brewers, um, Connor Joe actually, in terms of in terms of war, he was about the same, about as valuable as Christian Yelich was this season, and he did it in like fifty fewer games. So, like to me, obviously that says two things: one, uh, Connor Joe is doing pretty good, and then two. Christian Yelich obviously isn't in the same spot because we're not trying to say, you know, Connor Joe is like 2017, 2018 Christian Yelich, but, um, you know, he's got some value. And if you can put him in that same conversation, um, you know, it's, it's a good look for him. So I'm hopeful that with more time and, you know, a clean bill of health that he can, you know, have some good success and possibly put up 20 plus home runs and uh, just be a great spark plug for the, for the Rockies lineup. Like I thought that he was a, um, a, a great addition to the Rockies. It always seemed like he was just getting on base at the beginning of games and, you know, not always just singles, you know, getting quite a few like doubles out there too. Like he could get a little bit of power for you. when you needed it. Yeah, of course, Joe probably on the extreme end of, of overperformance. Although I, I, I do think you're right. I do think he can, he can do this for, you know, a full season if he stays healthy and then Yelich, you know, maybe, He's got to work on some things. I, I talked about him a, a little bit uh, in yesterday's podcast about you know doing the postmortem for the Brewers, who were of course knocked out by Atlanta. But the thing you mm -hmm. probably feel best about when comparing Connor Joe and Christian Yelich, and you certainly can't deny, is the fact that Connor Joe is essentially making the league minimum as, as still a rookie, whereas mm -hmm. Christian Yelich in 2022 begins uh, what is seven years. 26 million dollars annually going forward and so uh with those kind of savings the rockies should be able to to make something happen and, and spend a little bit more in free agency this off season and for you guys watching the nfl and, and rooting for the broncos you're in the middle of the season and a, a must-win game against the raiders and whether you get tickets or not you can come celebrate with the dnvr broncos and the dnvr family because this Sunday at the Sports Fan, right in the back parking lot on 18th and Federal, we've got a cool event for you to join us with members. It's just $20 to get in and come hang out at this tailgate. You get all-you-can-eat sexy pizza. You get Breckenridge beer. All-you-can-eat, all-you-can-drink. Have a blast. And you know what? If you do have tickets to the game and you don't want to pay for parking, this next package is pretty much going to pay for itself. For $30, members, you get a round trip on the party bus. That's right. At about 11 o'clock, we'll leave the bar to head over to the stadium. In fact, you can do your tailgating at the bar at 10 a.m., but 11, you'll go over to the stadium. 30 minutes after the game is over, it'll take you back to the bar. You can watch the Sunday ticket. 
there at the bar and and hang out and that's a, a deal that still gets you the all you can eat pizza and beer that's this sunday broncos and raiders for the dnvr tailgate and when you're hanging out there i'm sure the weather is going to be nice it is colorado it is always sunny out you can go and, and enjoy your soulless meds make sure you head on down to them this month for their smoking hot october deals uh, you know it's colorado's premier dispensary always hooking it up with incredible deals Every single month at any of their four convenient Colorado locations, Fort Collins, Wheat Ridge, the two that we've got in Denver, one off Broadway, and one that's only blocks away on East Colfax from the DNVR bar. And if you head into any of those locations, you will receive either a free Solus bar or King Cone, two delicious options, when you mention the code DNVR20. That's any location of Solus Meds. Head in and mention DNVR20 to receive 20% off and also get that free treat. They've got some 25% off specials on top of that for their gummies, their bars, extractions, drinkables, whatever you need. They've got it at Solus Med. So view their online menu ahead of time if you'd like, order online ahead of time if you'd like, and then just pick up at your own convenience. Head to solusmeds.com, S-O-L-A-C-E meds.com and purchase from there. And mention code DNVR20 to save 20%. As I said, we got Broncos, Raiders coming up. It's a must-win game. I do like the line right now for the Broncos. That's why it was my DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has a week six offer every football fan should jump on. New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game to win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. This is a no-brainer. That's the whole reason we've got it going on. $1 to score a point. You're guaranteed to, to get that for to $100 in free bets. Combine your multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, reliable, and really best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR to bet just $1 on any NFL game to win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point they don't both have to score just one of them and you know it's going to happen so use promo code dnvr this week at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl must be 21 or older colorado only new customers only restrictions apply see draftkings.com sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 kevin we talked about antonio senzatella signing and that could have some implications for Colorado's two big free agents. We'll get to the the biggest one last, but the first one is John Gray. Was there anything about the contract, either the money or just the simple fact that they were locking up Senzatella for the future suggests that maybe they they don't need a, not a fifth starter, because we know John Gray is, is much better than that and has the potential, you know, to, to be a, a true number two starter, at least when he's at his best, but that they want to commit that much money to yet another starter. You know, I don't I don't necessarily know if I if if there if there were any red flags that kind of came up um, from that signing in terms of being hesitant towards John Gray. Um, I think that, you know, we've heard throughout the season that both the Rockies and John Gray would, you know, like to reunite. So I'm not necessarily, um, you know, raising the alarm here or, you know, getting worried. I think we'll wait and kind of see how things play out. Um, the Rockies, at least in their past, I know there's always been a misconception that they won't 
spend any money. And well, the last few years of Jeff Breidich don't really help that when, you know, we're only signing no major league contracts and no minor league contracts. But at least in the past, you know, they've always been when they've been willing to spend money, they're willing to spend a lot of it. Right. It's always been how they spend it in the past. So they think that it's gotten them in trouble. So I don't necessarily think that I have any hesitation that the Rockies won't be willing to um, spend all this money on him. I think my main worry is kind of like, OK, how much of this is really just kind of like a negotiation tactic? Right. Because if you're John Gray, um, yeah, I want to come back to the Rockies. That's the first thing that I would be saying. Right. You know, let them know, OK, cool, you're good. And then I'm probably using that once I get to free agency. Some other teams are going to want to come and talk to him right where the Rockies aren't going to be his only suitor so it's you know you've got to see like okay when Gray starts talking to these other teams does he actually have serious intent with signing with them or is it just a leverage move to try to get more money out of the Rockies it could go it could go either way right so I'm not like 100% sold that he is staying but I don't think that it that the Sensatella signing is um, anything that's affecting that. If the Rockies are going to throw money at him, I don't think that they'll have any hesitation with doing that. Um, I almost kind of think like, hey, should you try to be more ahead of the ball like you were with CJ Crone and just try to lock things up right now? Or are the Rockies more comfortable with waiting and just kind of seeing what happens? That's the bigger question to me. Yeah. And, and the fact that he is now, you know, essentially going to be a free agent here if something doesn't get done during the postseason it, it's almost too late, right? They they yeah. maybe weren't aggressive enough as they were with CJ Crone that we know. Probably not going to get a qualifying offer from the Rockies, John Gray, that is. And as you said, the negotiating tactics, Rockies got to think is probably their most comfortable, like, like many teams, with mm-hmm. your free agent, three years is probably a good sweet spot. John Gray and his agent, I'm sure they're going to be talking about five. Do you think there there could be a, a somewhat of a deal breaker if it has to be three years versus four years? Again, the money obviously is is a big piece of that, but I guess really what I should be asking is, do you want John Gray back in this rotation if the price is right? It won't be perfect, right? The Rockies still have to give a little to get a little, but mm-hmm. are, are, do you want to see John Gray back in this rotation? I mean, I, I the, the answer honestly has to be yes, right? I think if you know if we're excluding anything else that may happen in um, free agency, right? Like um, the Rockies right now, they need good pitching in order to give their lineup a chance to be able to succeed, right? Like we know that you know they're they're going to do good here at Coors Field, but even even still, at the same time, we've had probably a lot more lower scoring games at Coors Field than I think that we would have anticipated, right? And our, you know, the Rockies yearly uh, WRC plus is normally what, like in the mid to low 80s, sometimes it's the high 80s. Like it's not generally going to be, um, you know, all around a super effective lineup. So you're always going to need good pitching to be able to succeed, at least with the lineup that we have right now. And so John Gray, he, you know, he's had his moments where he's looked dominant. There's other moments where obviously we're kind of like, I don't know what's going on right now. This is, you know, old John Gray from 2017 when he couldn't do anything against the Diamondbacks, right? Like there's, there's moments that, you know, that happens, but ultimately 
he's still in general a really good pitcher and I think that he has a great spot in this rotation so it's hard to say that you know I don't want to see him back like I do if he if he leaves then we might have some bigger questions right because who else is going to step up from the Rockies rotation uh you're probably not getting many free agents it's not like free agent pitchers want to come here you have to develop more um you know and I think that your first thought would probably be, oh, hey, let's get in a guy like Peter Lambert. And I think he still has a little bit of a ways to go before um, we could really answer the question like, hey, have his early stats that have been kind of iffy, is, is that, are those going to improve or is he just trying to you know, work things out right now? So I think that Gray coming back should be a very high priority for the Rockies, um, you know, no matter what happens with the lineup. Yeah, Lambert probably won't be the Peter Lambert at least that the Rockies hope that he'll be until 2023 because of how long it really takes for a pitcher to bounce back from Tommy John surgery. Do they have enough confidence in Ryan Rawlison who's Mm -hmm. knocking on the door for a couple years, but now to just jump right in there and, and be their fifth starter, probably not. And so that's part of the negotiating tactic by, by Gray and his agent is look, it's, it's the devil, you know, versus the devil you don't. (laughs) what who else are you going to get to bring in and what kind of money are you going to guarantee to this person and will they be able to pitch as well as john gray overall over the Mm -hmm. course of the season because we know there's those duds but we know there's those you know great outings and uh, there can be consistency over a period of time there's familiarity and uh, i i do think with you know man the the rockies their rotation back in 2018 2019 uh, actually it was 2018 I don't think anyone was making more than than a million dollars or more than two million dollars, and now mm-hmm. they're going to have a little bit of reverse. Their rotation still probably will be middle of the pack in the grand scheme of things, mm-hmm. but with Senzatella uh, set to make, I think it'll be thirteen and a half, right? Is it seven and a half the first two, and then either twelve and a half or thirteen and a half? I think it might be twelve uh, and a half. You might know better than me. I don't know the numbers <laughs> off the top of my head, so we'll we'll assume what you're saying is right. <laughs> yeah. About 13 million for him, uh, and and we know Marquez is 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 going to be in the mid teens. What do you have to pay John Gray? And then at that point, Cal Freeland is a free agent after after the 2023 season. And so it's a series of dominoes about you know really looking ahead to the future and figuring it all out. Because mm-hmm. if you you give Senzatella money, okay, great, you've got it to give. You give Gray money, all right? Well, you had a little bit more to give, and then what happens with? Kyle Freeland and that could be the final domino that maybe doesn't fall and I I don't know if that's the worst case scenario or what but uh, maybe we should be thinking about Kyle Freeland wearing another uniform at this point I I, I painted myself into a corner (laughs) (laughs) yeah no worries he he is someone though where I think he he's kind of he Freeland, I think, can be conflicting because he doesn't always have the, I'll call them like the sexiest advanced stats, right? Like everybody wants the high strikeout numbers and, you know, because you're not getting balls in play, um, you know, but he, he's, I personally love the guy, right? I don't ever want to see him in another uniform, but at the same time, you know, like he he, he keeps finding success in a similar way to Antonio Sensatella, I think, um, you know, but he, he has found ways to get better. And, you know, some of those hiccups that we saw at, I think like the end of the 2019 season when he had his blister and had to come back from, you know, injury and was iffy. There was a lot of questions like, oh, hey, is this just regression? Um, like he came back really strong. And I think, you know, especially in the second half of this season, um, you know, he was he 
was just nails, right? Um, so I, I personally still would love to see him back in the Rockies um, when that time comes, right? Don't want to think about a future without Kyle Freeland because, you know, you, everybody, you, we're all in Colorado. We got to love an all Colorado dude. And this dude is all Colorado all the time, um, you know, and he's a great pitcher. And, um, you know, just selfishly, every time I bet on him, you know, it hits. So <laughs> I, uh, I don't want to see him go anywhere else. You, you love you love that angle for sure right it's a good yep. good selfish angle right oh, yeah. making oh, yeah. making a couple <laughs> couple of bucks off that and it's good seeing around in the off season too right he's one of the few guys that sticks around in colorado yeah uh, right. i don't think he was at the abs game on wednesday night but he recorded a video for it for you know mm -hmm. go abs he's got his uh, avalanche jersey on and so you know he he definitely represents really well and and a guy that represented really well in his his final start at least of the season i don't know if it's of his career but uh, the final one at Coors Field was Trevor Story, the heartfelt goodbye for those folks that that stuck around in those the cold, wet temperatures. He's a free agent. Rockies are, are surely going to give him the qualifying offer. Does he take it? Is he going elsewhere? What does that deal look like? That's the million-dollar question, isn't it, Kevin? Yeah, I think that, you know, well – Honestly, I'm looking at spot track right now, and it might be more of a $29 million question. That's what they're kind of estimating that his market value will be right now. Um, I my my personal thoughts on Story's future. I I kind of feel like the writing is on the wall. It's been there. Um, I think it's kind of been you know just based off everything that we've heard this season. It kind of feels like the worst kept secret that Story doesn't necessarily want to uh, come back to the Rockies or re-sign with them. Right. So um, I, you know, it's, it's going to be a tough, it's a tough, it's going to be a tough market for him. There's a, it's a very crowded shortstop uh, free agent class, but I think that, you know, there, there's likely going to be a lot of interest and it's uh, it's, it's extremely hard for me to see Trevor story coming back uh, in playing with the Rockies in the future. If he, if he does um, it's going to be an extremely minuscule chance uh, might only be on like a sort of one year deal. It's on a, sort of you know sort of one year just here i'm gonna prove it one of those sorts of things but I, I i see very few scenarios where he's actually back with the rockies like literally the metaphor that i've got for it is that you know it's if is if trevor's story is basically at a bar and it's last call and he's looking around the bar because he wants to go home with someone and it's it's just the rockies left and he's that desperate <laughs> like that's kind of the, <laughs> that's the that's the scenario that i see it as right like literally everyone else has to have had a solution and i just don't necessarily think that there's not going to be a large enough market for trevor's story um i feel like he's going to find a spot yeah i think it's probably a 50 50 shot as far as does he get a one-year kind of pillow contract to to reset his market for anyone who has questions which i don't think there are really as many questions sure he took a step back a little bit in offense and uh, mm -hmm. offensive production and, and and defensively but i think there's there were those same questions about arenado after 2020 and yet you know there was there were still some suitors lining up ultimately a, a couple didn't realize that he was on the market and that's uh that's almost a topic for another day but 50-50 shot, he signs a one-year deal to reset the market. And the other the other half is, you know, he he gets paid. He he gets the money that he's looking for, whether it's a, with a contender or otherwise, because I think there's some other teams you could probably squint and look at and say, well, all right, we're probably going to get our teeth kicked in in 22 and maybe for parts of 23. But in 24 and 25, maybe we're going to be good. And you could say that about the Rockies, 
but he's just ready to move on. He's, he's ready for that next step. And so, yeah, I, I think there's a, a slim chance we, we see him. Favorite story memory that you, you've got during his uh, six years in Colorado? Oh man, I think that there's a lot. I mean, it's 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 hard to look past his, uh, you know, the the couple big ones, right? Like his debut in Arizona when he hits, uh, I think it was a couple home runs off Zach Greinke. You know, he really just kind of uh, just landed on the spot, you know, and was just like, hey, I'm here, boom, you know, I love to hit dingers, and he hit like what, like uh, nine home runs in the first ten games or something crazy like that. Like he was just on a roll, really announced himself. So it's it, it's hard to forget that. Uh, the three home run performance against the Giants uh, and then me personally. So I was at the um, his next to last game that he had played at Coors Field. So the night game against the Nationals and uh, he had hit that just incredible bomb <laughs> to deep left center off Patrick Corbin. Uh, crowd gave him the standing ovation as he kind of rounded home, kind of just realizing, you know, hey, this might be the last time that we actually see him hit a home run in a Rockies uniform. So uh, those are, you know, probably the top moments that I'm going to remember for him. Um, you know, and obviously he's got so many crazy plays that he's made with his glove that you're just never surprised. Right. We get, to, we're now that I think about it, we are spoiled as Rockies fans with just gold glove shortstops and just amazing fielding. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Story probably is, Probably tops and well, I mean he's up there with Nolan. Although you, you, you probably uh, towards the end there frowned a little bit, but the smile to frown ratio. Like when when did you ever really frown at at Trevor Story, where either he maybe he put his foot in his mouth or just was struggling at a point in which the the team really needed him to step up. I mean, sure, uh, this past season you know what wasn't wasn't his best, but the the smile to to frown ratio. Uh, it, it has to be highest for Trevor and what he was able to provide. We love that. Again, DraftKings Sportsbook. Our guy Kevin's making money off Kyle Freeland. I'm sure uh, he's got some good tips over there. We'll let him plug away on Twitter because uh, I know he's helping you guys out making some money too. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And again, their week five offer is fantastic for you to check out. Use code DNVR. Don't forget to do that. Now, don't forget to support Hassle Cattle Company because we've already brought you the damn good beer and now we're delivering to you the damn good beef. So damn good that you can now get Wagyu beef at the DNVR bar. That's right. We couldn't resist putting this damn good beef in our bar and now you can all come down and build your own delicious Hassle Cattle Wagyu beef burger with all the toppings. Hassle is now hooking up for you with 10% off your entire purchase. Just use code DNVR10 at checkout. That's DNVR10 to save 10% every single time. While you're saving that money, you can save even more with Mint Mobile. Because after a year of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, we've learned there's always a catch. So when we heard of Mint Mobile offering premium wireless service starting at just $15 a month, we naturally thought, well, what's that catch? But we talked with them extensively and we learned about their service and it all makes sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. They cut out the retail stores, so there's no crazy overhead costs that get passed down to you in the form of those mystery fees. Instead, Mint just passes on those sweet savings directly to you. For people looking for extra savings, Mint Mobile offer, offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. Remember, all plans come with unlimited talk and text. Comes with high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. You can still use your own phone. 
uh, on any Mint Mobile plan. And if you're not 100% satisfied, Mint Mobile has you covered with their seven-day money-back guarantee. You can also keep your same phone number and all your existing contacts. It's great. So switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. Go to mintmobile.com slash dnvr. Cut your wireless bill to only 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash dnvr. And final admittance that I have to make here is I have cut myself recently while shaving. And you know where this is headed. Yes, it does have to do with Manscaped. You've heard about it for years. You know it's been trusted by over 2 million worldwide. And you should also know using code dnvr gets you 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. So spend spooky season using the best tools for the job at Manscaped using code DNVR for free shipping, and more importantly, 20% off. Kevin, you wrote a really good article this past year that I I do want to dig into and and push some folks over there to check out that article. As always, anything that I do mention on the podcast, uh, I will link in the podcast description itself. So this is one of those links. It's an article you wrote about Ryan Altapia during the season, learning a little bit from Ryan McMahon as far as his, his swing plane and, and the production that he was making and how you know Ryan McMahon was able to turn things around a little bit and you know be a, one of those middle-of-the-lineup guys. Whether Tapia or not is in the middle of the lineup is otherwise, but bottom line is he definitely could take a page out of Ryan McMahon's book. Yeah, they think that, you know, a lot of what I had wrote that article about was simply the idea, and it, it's obviously a lot easier said than done, um, but really just trying to cut down on that ground ball rate and hit more balls into the air. Um, and that will, in turn, generally, you should see an increase in production just because you're going to have, um, you know, better results generally when you hit the ball in the air than you do on the ground. Um, for instance, like if we're looking at Ryan McMahon specifically, uh, in 20 2019 and 2020, he had a ground ball percentage that was pretty much right at 50%. It was one of the highest uh, ground ball percentages on the Rockies. Um, His WRC plus uh, in 2020 specifically was 77. Um, That's generally on an annual basis about what we've seen from Ryan Tapia. Um, And so it was kind of like, okay, cool. What can Ryan McMahon do? Obviously, he had to cut down on strikeouts as well. And he did much better this year, cutting down from basically 10%, obviously going from the shortened season, that might be a little skewed, but he was at 34% in uh, 2020. McMahon cut that down to 24.7% in uh, 2021 here. The other thing that he did was cut his ground ball rate down from 50.5% to 38.5%. Obviously, those were directed to more balls in the air, and he had a lot more line drives this year. He was up from 15% to 24%, and what that in turn did it helped raise really just how productive he was hitting from a WRC plus of 77 to 95 this year. Um, The reason why I think it can be helpful to Ryan Meltapia is because he basically just his ground ball percentage, he's hitting it on the, on the ground two thirds of the time. Um, His percentage of 67.4% is literally the highest ground ball percentage since at least the 2010 season from all qualified hitters. Um, So I think that, you know, there's a lot of things that, you know, Rymel can do because you see like, hey, he's he's really fast. He can beat out these ground balls. um, But how often is that going to continue to happen? 
right? As you get older, um, your speed's going to go away. So you can't always rely on that, right? So I think that, you know, if he starts to hit the ball in the air more, it's just naturally going to translate into more success. Um, another thing that kind of like another stat that I look at when I'm thinking about this is if we look at Rymel Tapia's batting average on balls in play um, over the past couple seasons, he's been a little bit fortunate. And I say a little bit because um, your speed obviously helps you with this stat, right? So in 2019 and 2020, he had a batting average of balls in play um, 341 in 2019. 392 in 2020. So that generally is showing me like, hey, he's benefiting from two things. One, like we've already said, it's his speed. And two, there's an element of luck to it. Um, just because generally you're going to see um, that that average should generally be around 300, right? And so last year, everything looked great for Ryan Mel. He put up a WRC plus of 97. Uh, this year, he put one up of 76 which as I mentioned earlier is about where he's sitting from a year to year basis. Um, what I think helped contribute to that besides obviously his high ground ball rate is his batting average on balls in play dropped to 306. So lower than his norms, but more in line with what we see throughout the league. Um, so I think that it's just something where if he, if he gets the ball in the air more, you're going to see better production out of him. Um, the example that I uh, tweeted out a few weeks ago was uh, his home run off Max Scherzer, right? Um, you know, great he, example. Yeah, great example. Nice, he got a nice hold of it. It was a beautiful shot. And, you know, you always love to see something like that off a guy like Max Scherzer when he's contending for the Cy Young and he didn't do it as well as he did, right? Um, and it was his first home run since, like, the middle of May. Um, so that's, you know, it's, it's a lot easier said than done, but kind of the moral of the story from everything is the more that you hit the ball on the ground, um, the more luck you essentially need to have. And so if he can just get the ball in the air more, he doesn't necessarily need to hit fly balls or home runs, like just get some line drives out of that, hopefully. Um, and then maybe some of those singles that scooted through the gap can become doubles to the wall. Um, you know, that's that was the essence of what that article was. And because Ryan McMahon had, you know, made that change and lowered his ground ball rate and had a more productive hitting season. Um, I think that it's something that, you know, hopefully I would want to see come out of, uh, or happen with Ryan. Mc wow. I'm mixing up all my words here. I'd love to, I'd love to basically see Ryan Mel Tapia hit the ball in the air more, get some better results and, you know, still keep that speed. Um, you know, I think that there can be a lot of benefits of it. And Daniel Murphy, if he taught us anything, it's that 6% of ground balls are hits. Only 6%. He did teach Ian Desmond that. Who, <laughs> well, we'll put that to the side for now. But you're right. He got a hold of one on Scherzer. Got a hold of one earlier in the season against Jacob deGrom. So that ability is is in there, right? He's prone mm -hmm. to do it. it uh, I don't know if, a, if it's going to take a, another team maybe unlocking that power. It's not going to be you know, 25 home run power, but it, it could be high teens. It maybe could even get up to 20, but he's, he's on the wrong side of that right now. And, uh, and, and, and as you pointed out there in the article and, and today here on the show, Ryan McMahon you know, was able to kind of make those improvements, make those adjustments. And I, I think we're even going to see McMahon do it again next year and take that step forward that we all thought he was going to take this year that, and unfortunately, you know, it didn't happen, but now He's he's the third baseman going forward. He's had so much of that 
positional, you know, movement that it's hard to get into a rhythm. That's kind of the worry I think with a guy like Brendan Rogers, uh, final little topic here about the Rockies before I ask you about the postseason. Sure story. Okay. Probably going, do you move Rogers over to shortstop or are you looking outside the organization? What are some of the options? Do you think shortstop could be, uh, an unfortunate black hole this off season for the Rockies until they find a replacement for Trevor story. Right. I, I honestly think that's a super interesting question and I don't know what they're going to do. Um, I think one of the benefits from Ryan McMahon and Brendan Rogers, while you said like it might've held them back at some points is their flexibility with uh, you know, what positions they're able to play. Right. Like Rymac could easily be the third baseman next year. I could very easily see him also being the second baseman Rogers see him sliding the short could see him being at second base too. If McMahon is at third, um, you know, I would, you know, you, you got to kind of think like of the free agent shortstops that are out there are any of them really going to want to come to the Rockies, you know, and you start to think of guys like uh, Carlos Correa, Corey Seager, uh, Javi Baez is going to be out there too. Um, you know, we can even throw Chris Bryan out there as an example also, but I don't, you know, are those guys honestly going to want to come here? I think that that's a, that's a bigger question, you know, and there's obviously going to be a lot of suitors for them, just like their well be Trevor story. So um, it, it could be a little bit of a black hole, um, but it wouldn't surprise me going into next year to see, uh, you know, Rogers at short, McMahon playing at second, and then we'll find a different answer at third. Interesting. Very interesting. All right. Before we go 2021 postseason, is there, is there anybody likable left? Uh, I mean, <laughs> Atlanta, I mean, if Atlanta's the most likable team right now in the postseason, Ooh, there's, there's a problem for Rockies fans. They, might just tune out altogether. I, I don't know. Yeah, no, I think that it, from a Rockies perspective, it has to be Atlanta, right? Because you're not you're not rooting for the Giants or the Dodgers. And as we're recording this, they're playing Game Five right now, so we won't know who makes it. But you're not you're not necessarily rooting for them. Although I think if I had to go with the lesser of two evils, I'd probably side with the Giants at least for now, because you know they broke the Dodgers' streak of winning seven thousand consecutive NL West titles. So I appreciate that. Um, and then yeah, on the AL side. There's there's really not a ton, I guess, from a Rockies perspective that you think is likable, right? Like we're we're not huge on the Red Sox, not huge on the Astros. I don't think anybody in baseball is huge on the Astros right now, unless you're from Houston. So uh, it is kind of one of those spots where there's not a whole ton that, you know, you're super excited about as a Rockies fan to watch. And it probably is if you have to choose one probably the Braves. And I think that, you know, there are, the, I like the Braves overall. I think they've got quite a few good pitchers with Charlie Morton and Max Freed. They've been fun to follow. Uh, Freddie Freeman, he is impossible to hate. I want to know how he keeps his teeth so white. It's crazy, but like they're probably the number one team that as a Rockies fan, you might want to root for going forward only by process of elimination. <laughs> they've got they've got the former Rockies uh, as their coaches Walt Rice and Tyler Masick is is the big guy right there that you gotta love for those redemption stories. Mm. Might be better than rooting for Jake McGee with San Francisco. So you're 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 <laughs> right. Yes, I, I think Atlanta is that team where you you have to set aside it's the it's the lesser of the two evils, no yeah. question about it. And we can't um, forget EY on the Braves also. That's right. That's right, Mr. Senior, UI Senior. So you're at Sabermetric, S-A-B-R, Skeptic, or rather, excuse me, at Saber Skeptic 
on Twitter. And you're also doing a cool thing. Go ahead and plug that, uh, what you're doing with helping people out, making a couple bucks uh, on the gambling side of things. Yeah. So what, what I do right now is I run um, my own private page. Uh, it's called at skeptic. That's really simple. Um, really what it is is just trying to help people. You know, if you want to find somebody else to go ahead and really tell if you're you know new to gambling or even if you are into gambling and you don't know, um, you know, let's say like MLB as well as you might want to, but you want to be able to place bets on there and learn more. I'm essentially providing picks. Um, I do this on more of an annual basis. Um, I haven't really necessarily given my cost out in public, but we'll do it here right now. Uh, really what I'm looking at is if anybody did want to come on and join me um, for MLB picks, I'm big on the NBA also, we can uh, sprinkle in some NFL picks too. Uh, what I'm looking at right now is just a real simple $20 gets you every pick that I will play for the rest of the year. Um, and then if you like that, the results that you see, if you're getting a lot of value out of it, um, you know, it's going to be, I'm looking at doing another $20 to get you all of 2022 as well. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, handicappers out there that will uh, basically charge you $20 for a daily betting card or a weekend betting card. Um, you know, I'm giving you everything for an entire year. And, you know, it's really I want to help people see value out of it, right? Like no matter what um, you're laying down per bet, um, I want everybody to find value out of it. I want people to be able to learn and at least kind of see what I'm seeing so that they can be uh, better with their own bets in the future as well. Because um, it can be tricky, especially with baseball. The one tip that I will give to, you to everybody listening is that if you are betting on baseball, learn the advanced stats. Do not base, do not bet based off the traditional stats because you will lose and it won't be fun. <laughs> Yeah, between at Skeptic Bets, between our own DNVR Bets program that we have and, and the at DNVR underscore Bets account, man, there's people are going to be able to really start to afford these, you know, Colorado home prices, right? The the real estate market, <laughs> we know is going through the roof. <laughs> yeah, you, you got to make proper investments here at, at Skaber, uh, excuse me, at Skeptic Bets and, uh, and at DNVR underscore Bets as well. So you can't go wrong with that. Kevin, this was fun, man. We'll be yeah. doing it again. Make sure you're following him at Saber Skeptic. I am at Patrick D. Lyons. And follow all your Rockies content at DNVR underscore Rockies. For DNVR Sports, I'm Patrick Lyons. He's Kevin Larson. Thank you for listening to the DNVR Rockies podcast.